Well, welcome to church today, everyone. Uh, We are kicking off our fall season. We're gonna have a great time together as a church this fall season. And we got a lot of great things uh, planned and and coming up for you uh, to be a part of uh, this fall. But what I wanna do with the the kicking off of this series today, Jesus the Disciple Maker, I wanna set our target for this fall as our church family so we know what we're doing, what our plan is, what we want to achieve this fall. And it's just a couple simple things, and we'll see them here from the scripture, is that we wanna reach people that are far from God, and then we want to grow, we want to be discipled. Um, that we'll read here the Great Commission here in a second. The, the Great Commission is the reason the church exists, why we exist, commission means that we are on a mission with God. God's mission is people, that he sent Jesus on a rescue mission so that God's family uh, could be populated in heaven in the future. And then he wants us, after we say yes to Jesus, to be able to grow in our faith. So uh, God's intention for us as followers of Jesus is not to just make heaven one day. We're just not on this, okay, we said yes to Jesus and now I guess I'm just waiting uh, for Jesus' return or I'm just waiting to get to heaven and kind of that moment when we say yes to Jesus until he returns or, or we pass away and we go to be in his presence forever is not just some sort of waiting game. There's actually purpose in those moments. There's purpose in those days and those months and those years. Uh, for us to follow after Jesus and to become every day a disciple that moves closer to Jesus. And that's our mission statement here at the church, at the City Church, is moving people closer to Jesus. So if you, if you are a follower of Christ, all, all of what we do as a church is we want your relationship with God to grow. We want you to get closer and closer to God. And then if you don't know Jesus, our invitation and the invitation uh, goes out constantly from the scripture and from what we do as a church, we think that following Jesus is the best way you can live. It's the way that God intended for you to live. Um, So Matthew chapter 28 says this, and this is the great commission. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. So a couple things here in these verses, go and make disciples. That this is the great commission, not just go and make Christians, not Christians in name only, where they're a Christian, they said yes to Jesus, that Jesus is saying something about his followers and who he wants them to be and what he wants them to do, that we would be disciples. So for us to call someone else to be a disciple, we should be a disciple Ourselves, And then we see here, baptizing them in the, in the name of the Father, Son of the Holy Spirit. So after you say yes to Jesus, water baptism is the next obvious step. We're actually doing water baptism again in October. So if you are a follower of Jesus, we invite you um, to go public with your faith through water baptism. You can sign up for that at the info desk and you also can sign up online for that. And that's coming up uh, in the month of October. But then in in verse 20, he says this, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. So the teachings that we have of Jesus in the the gospels and then uh, the apostle Paul and Peter and John who all wrote uh, the epistles, the continuing epistles of the New Testament, looking back at the life of Jesus and his teachings, that we would follow after who Jesus is and what he did and then what he taught us to do. So it's saying yes to Jesus 
make a decision to follow him, but then following after his teachings is what discipleship is all about. And so we're gonna have a lot of opportunities for you this fall to grow. Now that means if you're growing, you're not staying the same. So stagnation is not our goal this fall. Staying the same is not the goal. It's, it's growing and changing. And we, we're, we're not a closed family here at the City Church. You should be inviting someone to church, some, somebody who's far from God, somebody who doesn't have a relationship with God, maybe somebody at work or in your neighborhood. Invite them to church sometime. You can sit beside them. And we promise we won't be weird. <laughs> but we will invite them into a relationship with God. And that's the most important thing for them to experience in their lives. So we'll have opportunities for you to grow. We'll have times of worship like we just did. And those times of worship, when we get in the presence of God, we are gonna be changed. There's gonna be preaching times like what we're doing now. And when we, anytime we hear the preaching of the gospel, we will have a chance to put those things into practice in our lives so that we can grow and change. We're gonna have a Bible study this fall, something called City School that we're introducing this fall. And that's gonna be starting in October. And the focus of the Bible study this fall is let's talk about the Bible. And Pastor Mario Gigenti, who ministers here on, on a yearly basis, who is a, a 30-year friend of our uh, family and the city church, is actually gonna be teaching that course. So it's gonna be five different sessions, two hours each. And he's just gonna go in and talk about the Bible. Why are these books in the Bible? If you've ever had that question, you wanna sign up for city school. So you can sign up for City School on our website. And then we're gonna talk about in City School how to interpret the scripture and then how to apply the scripture. So that's gonna be one thing is that you're gonna be able to um, engage with so that you can grow in your faith. You're gonna have a chance to sign up for a city group so you can get in relationship with somebody else here at the church. And those relationships, uh, getting in relationship with someone else who's following Jesus will be an opportunity to grow. For you to serve here at the church, there's opportunities for you to be part of our city team. And when you engage in being part of the city team, you'll have a chance to grow. We'll have opportunities for you to serve the city just in very practical ways. And that will cause you to put your faith in practice. And then every Sunday we'll have a chance to be generous, to give back to God what he's given to us. And when we take that step of faith, we are showing that we are growing. So for us to be a disciple, we need to exhibit discipline. Again, not just waiting to go to heaven, not just waiting for the return of Jesus, that we need to be disciplining our lives so that we are followers of Jesus, understanding what his teaching is, putting it into practice in our lives. And then when we think about growth, godly growth moves us toward health. Everybody needs to be a healthy follower of Jesus. And, and to find out, um, you know, this is one of the things in life, we're trying to balance our lives. And then sometimes you think, okay, I'm spending too much time at work, so I gotta spend less time at work, and I gotta spend more time with my family. And if I'm spending too much time with my family, I'm gonna get fired from my job, so I can't do that. So we're trying to figure out some sort of balance in our life. And when we think about godly growth, having the spirit of God on the inside of us, following after the teachings of Jesus so that we can grow and mature, we're realizing that God is empowering us to do all of the things that we need to do. So as I go to work, that God is empowering me to work. We talked about this in our last series. When I am at home, God is empowering me to be a good husband, to be a good dad. All of the things that I'm doing as I'm <clears throat> maturing in God, 
God's power will help me to do all of these things in my life. So godly growth moves us towards health. So as followers of Jesus, we know that God's righteousness has been given to us. So we can't grow in righteousness. We are either righteous or we aren't righteous. And the only way we become righteous is by saying yes to Jesus, making Jesus the Lord of our lives. So we can't grow in righteousness, but we can grow in sanctification. And the word sanctification, you know, it sounds like a, a fancy Bible word, but it just means set apart, set apart for the purposes of God. And when we say yes to Jesus, as opposed to just waiting to die or waiting for the return of Jesus, God wants to be, us to be set apart for his purposes in our life right now. All of the things that I'm doing with my life. I'm applying the word of God to my life so that I'm growing. I'm aware that the spirit of God is on the inside of me, empowering me to live my life. So I can do all of those things for God. And I can grow and be set apart for the purposes of God for my life. Now, when we think about the, the, the world today, you know, the world is awash in information. There is information at our fingertips that's available to us 24 seven. And so what we don't necessarily wanna think about this fall, even though we're gonna be putting out a lot of information, a lot of thoughts about the scripture, a lot of study time, and a lot of different things as it relates to the word of God, a lot of preaching. It's just not information that we're looking for, it is transformation. Because again, the world has information. I mean, you know, anytime you're stumped on something, now you can just Google it, right? Do you remember, like if you're think, trying to remember a song from the 80s, you remember that song from the 80s, blah, 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 and you're like, just Google it. Back in the day, we were like, we had to sit there and torture ourselves and try to find the melody. Is that, is that the melody? I don't know. Now we're just, I Google it and I can find out exactly what that song was from the 80s that I'm trying to remember. And again, we have all of this information, but it's not necessarily making the world a better place. So it's not just information that we're after. It is actually this transformative experience about being in a relationship with God through Jesus. And that's what it means to be a disciple. He's wanting us to change and to grow. So the acquisition of information is not necessarily the acquisition of wisdom. But godly maturity has strength. It has persistence. It has a deep <clears throat> wellspring of joy. It has the calm of wisdom. It has abiding peace. So these are all aspects of spiritual maturity. So it's not just, I need the information of the word of God, but it is all of these things that are supposed to show up as fruit in our lives. I've talked to you know, many pastors during you know, COVID was a really difficult time. And what made it so difficult for so many believers is that we just weren't together. And there's so much to be said about the togetherness of gathering together to worship and gathering around the preaching of the word of God that that provides something for us. And we were saddened by, you know, so many people that just fell away from the faith, fell away from participation in church, that their faith was just struggling or they had a difficult time and there was, there was too much to bear in the world. 
And so what we want to do is we actually want to be the thing that Jesus wants us to be or has called us to be, that we would be disciples, that we would be learners and growers, not stagnant, not staying the same, but changing. So a couple of things that I, I want you to commit to this fall, and I am committing to this fall, is I want you to commit to growth. Will you commit to growth with me? Come on now. Will you commit to growing and changing and leaning into your faith and leaning into the word of God and leading into the spirit of God? And one of the practical things that I would recommend for you to do, and it's not just because I'm talking because other people are gonna preach this fall, is I recommend for you to take notes when somebody's preaching. It's gonna make a difference. In other words, you're gonna be intentional, not just listening to another sermon. I know some of you have listened to thousands and millions of sermons. But if we we take a moment and we're uh, respecting the word of God, not just the things that I'm saying, but as I'm reading the scripture, that I know that the scriptures want to change. I want to be discipled. And so the things that I would be saying, that the Holy Spirit could be emphasizing something to you specifically, you don't don't wanna let pass you by, write it down. Take notes on your phone. We have note paper um, in our lobby that's available to you. And on the bottom of it, it says, note takers are history makers. And I like that rhyme. And that's why we put it on there. So, you know, let's have our faith make a difference in our lives this, this fall. So we want to commit to growth. And I have to be committed to the pattern we see in scripture. What is this pattern we see in scripture? Jesus took a bunch of immature emotional, reactive, spiritually dull people and trained them over a three-year period and made them the leaders of the church. So we don't want to stay immature. We don't want to be overly emotional. We don't want to be reactive. Any reactors out there? Come on. We just want to react. immaturity, spiritually dull, not aware of the activity of God. These who were the disciples were. Jesus took them and trained them and made them the leaders in the church. Jesus was their rabbi. And in the context of Jewish culture, what is that? It's just a a teacher-pupil relationship. Do we see Jesus as our teacher? He's our savior and our Lord, but he's also our life teacher. He's our mentor and we are the learners so that we can grow and we can change. The word rabbi just means father, great one, Lord. The word that we would say today is sir. In other words, a term of respect that we would respect the words of Jesus. Jesus, hey, I want you to go make disciples and I want, I want you to teach them to follow the things that I said. And so we should be following the things that Jesus said, right? We should be the first ones to say, I follow what Jesus says. I do the things Jesus told us to do and open every part of my life up to Jesus' words. Allow him to be my mentor. Don't hold anything back. Well, Lord, you can speak into this area and this area and this area, and you can bless me with finances and you can do this, but this other area, just leave it alone. Don't talk to me about it. That's just me on my own. 
No, if he's gonna be our Lord, if he's gonna be our savior, he's gonna be our rabbi, our mentor, we have to open ourselves up to him to be discipled and changed. The only way for you to grow is you gotta change. Can't stay the same. The process of discipleship sanctifies us. We said that word sets us apart. And it squeezes you in the best possible way. We talked about the goodness of God. When, when God squeezes us, he's not squeezing us with evil or hardship or difficult things, sending evil our way, but he is squeezing us with his word. If you ever spent any time reading the Bible and you came across something that you didn't like, you just going over that quick. I'm gonna go over that quick because I don't wanna do that thing. The word of God squeezes us in the best possible way, moving us to change. I died with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I. It's Christ who lives in me. So my old self is dead. I'm living life in Christ, being a disciple, a learner, a grower, a changer. See, God wants to form us. Romans chapter eight, verse 28 says this. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. We talked about this last week. For those who are called according to his purpose. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. Predestined means He decided ahead of time. And so what did God decide ahead of time for us? That we would be conformed to the image of his son. This is sanctification. And this is a lifelong process for us. None of us in this room have arrived. What are we supposed to be doing? Conformed to the image of his son in order that we might be the firstborn among many brothers and those whom he predestined, he also called and those he called, he also justified and those he justified, he also glorified. He did all of these great things in us. He gave us a place with himself. He justified us in Christ. He gave us his righteousness. But with all of that, he's calling us to be changed into the image of Christ. So if we could imagine for a second a scale, let's say Jesus over here in his perfection, that he's the Messiah, the sinless lamb of God. And then over here on the other side of the stage is our starting place of salvation. Hopefully I don't step out the light for the cameras. So here we are here saying yes to Jesus, our salvation moment. And Jesus is way on the other side for us to be conformed to his image, that we would live like the sinless lamb of God. The pulpit is the center point. How humble do we want to be about where we are in the image of Christ? Where do we we want to put ourselves? based on who Jesus is, the sinless lamb of God. Are we be like, I've been saved for 53 years. I'm right here next to Jesus. Let me ask your spouse, actually. 
Where do we see ourselves on the scale? See, part of the last series was, hey, let's identify where we are. And what, let's take inventory of our lives. Because this is the call for us. This is what God has predestined us for, that we would be changed into the image of Christ, a lifelong challenge. So instead of necessarily finding ourselves on the scale, just know, just know we haven't arrived. And we won't arrive on this side of heaven. So the lifelong goal is to learn and to grow and to change, to learn, to grow and to change, to learn, to grow and to change into the image of Christ. Galatians 4, 19, my little children, for whom I again in anguish of childbirth until Christ is formed in you. I wish I could present you with now a change my tone, for I am perplexed about you. So this Galatian church, he had preached salvation to them and then they started to do other stuff. They started to rely on the law of the Old Testament. And what was Paul wanting for them? That Christ would be formed in them. That we would move to the image of Christ, the perfect, sinless, lamb, Messiah, Jesus. We haven't arrived. But he, thank God, he's called us to be disciples. He set us apart for his purposes. Formed in us. Isaiah 64, verse eight. Yet you, Lord, are our father. We are the clay. You are the potter. We are all the work of your hand. Do you see these words in there? Conformed to his image, formed in you. We are the clay. And I thought about bringing up a piece of clay here this morning, but I don't know how to sculpt, so it would have been a waste of time. <laughs> but we think about that. God is forming us. He's changing us. Or that is his intention. He's wanting us to be conformed to the image of Christ. He's the potter, the designer, the rabbi, the Lord. We are the clay. We are not the potter. We are not in charge. We're the one who will be changed, adjusting stuff in your life. Have you ever had the Lord adjust anything in your life? Press on a spot, again, not with evil, but with his word, with obedience. Hey, this thing, I need you to stop this. I need you to be conformed to the image of Christ. Do you know what else has a voice in our lives that wants to form us and conform us? Just the voice of culture wants to form us and shape us. So make no mistake about it, you are being discipled in some way, shape, form, or fashion. But what we should be desiring is that God would form us, that we would be changing into the image of Christ. And this is why the church is so important right now, that we would move to the image of Christ, not move to the voice of the world not become more and more like the world, but become more and more like Jesus. And that's when we're gonna make a difference. See, discipleship, your discipleship will make a difference in the lives of others. 
but he wants to form us and he wants to change us. Here's, here's some of the popular phrases in culture right now that we, that we would hear that potentially we can be conformed to or formed by. Here's one of these phrases. Be your authentic self. Look at them. They're being their authentic self. Now, the thing about these lies from the culture is that there's actually a kernel of truth in them. That's what makes them palatable. If they were outright lies, no one would actually follow them. See, because God actually has made you with certain gifts and talents. And he's made you a certain way and he wants you to follow after who he's made you to be. So your authentic self in God is a really good thing. But your, your authentic self formed by the culture and the ways of the world and the ways of lust and the ways of sin, that's death. So being your authentic self is actually going to be detrimental to you and those around you. But when we take this and we know that this is something God wants to do in us, who God intended to be, who God is shaping me to be, not just conform to the image of culture. Here's another phrase that we would hear and we see in movies. You are the creator of your own destiny. See, and again, we, kind of, we do, if we're honest, I like this phrase. I want to be my authentic self. I don't want to be fake. <clears throat> See, but again, if we, if we take that and we, we understand sin nature, if you're going to be your authentic sin nature self, that's a problem. And you see, there's opposing worldviews. You understand? The Christian worldview is not the same as the world's worldview. It's not the same thing. It's incompatible. Be the creator of your own destiny. In other words, you, there's no outside influences. You just do you. And I'll do me. You can create your destiny. Now, in a sense, that is true. The decisions that you make are gonna create a certain type of destiny in your life. But God wants to order your steps. God has a designed future for you that we would follow after him and be shaped by him, not just doing my own thing, what I feel in this moment. Here's how I feel today and here's what I'm gonna do today. No, God has something to say about your today and your tomorrow. His destiny is better than any destiny that we could create without him. And then we see there also in Isaiah 64 that he is our father. Now the ideal father, I know not everybody had an ideal father, but an ideal father, a relationship with father is unconditional love and constant training. It's both of those things. It's not unconditional love and he's training you. See, God loves you too much to leave you the way you are. Just perfect. You're just perfect the way you are. That's another cultural thing. You're just perfect the way you are. No, you're not. You're a mess. I'm a mess. Without the training of God. So he gives us his unconditional love but then he constantly trains us, corrects us, rebukes us, reproves us with his word, both and. 
but it's just a loving father. Yeah, he loves you, but he wants you to change. He wants you to be a disciple. He wants you to grow. He wants to form you. And he wants you to be conformed to the image of Christ. So growth is a natural state of things. The scripture defines maturity for us. Because I know some Christians define it many different ways. But here the, the scripture defines it for us. Ephesians 4 verse 14 the preface to these verses, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers, they're all given to us in the body of Christ to train us for certain things. What is it? Verse 14, so that you no longer be children. In other words, quit being childish, grow up and mature. Tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up. Everybody say grow up. We're going to do this fall in every way into him who's the head of Christ, from whom the whole body joined and held together. Everybody say together. So the growing up is going to happen together. I'm sure you know some Christians, friends who are disenchanted with the church. I have some. Oh, I just don't go to the church anymore. I'm just gonna follow Jesus on my own. No, you're not. Because the call is that we would grow up and we're gonna do it together. See, you, you think you're gonna follow Jesus on your own. Some of the instructions in the book of Ephesians are forgive one another. So the assumption is at the family of God, somebody's gonna offend you. So you need to come to church to get offended so that you have somebody to forgive. 100%. The immature get hurt, and I'm, I'm just gonna go in the corner by myself, me and Jesus and the Holy Spirit. We're just gonna judge everybody else who's at the buildings. It's immaturity. Because we're gonna grow up and we're gonna do it together from the whole, from the whole board, held together, every joint with which it is equipped, each part working properly, all of us together, working, doing something, serving each other, makes the body grow. Can't do it alone. You're not called to do it alone so that it builds up itself in love. Ephesians 4 verse 21, assuming that you've heard about him and were taught in him as, in, as the truth is in Jesus, to put off your old self, do you know what your old self looks like and talks like and sounds like? Which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds. Renewed means change. Renewed means growth. And to put on the new self created after the likeness of God and true righteousness and holiness. So we need to change our thinking and again, the book of Ephesians is written to a church, a gathering, a group who would be putting these things into practice together. And that word, we're gonna do it in holiness, pure, set apart, moving to the image of Jesus. First Peter chapter two, verse one. Therefore, rid yourselves of all malice and all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and slander of every kind. Like newborn babes, crave pure spiritual milk so that you may 
grow up in your salvation. See, salvation itself is not a growth experience. Salvation is a moment. Saved in Christ, accepted in the beloved. But growing up is the journey of sanctification, moving from that moment to the image of Christ. Grow up in your salvation. Now that you've tasted that the Lord is good, as you come to him, the living stone rejected by humans, but chosen by God and precious to him, you also, like living stones being built into a spiritual house, this is togetherness, this is the church, this is the gathering, to be a holy priesthood offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. So the you there is not you alone, it's you, plural, us together. Hebrews chapter five. Here's a great definition for spiritual maturity. Now, spiritual maturity, friends, is not you telling me who your favorite preacher is. It's not spiritual maturity. The type of church services that you affirm is not spiritual maturity. I like this preacher. Great, it doesn't mean you're mature. It doesn't mean you put off your old self. And again, it's very easy for us today to turn churches and sermons and biblical information into just another consumer thing. But this event, the family of God, the church is not a consumer thing. This is a togetherness of the family of God, the spirit of God, the things that God is doing in our midst. It's operating like a family. So let's read here something about maturity. And this we have much to say. And it is hard to explain since you have become dull of hearing. For though by this time you ought to be teachers. Spiritual maturity is not about what you listen to. It's about who you are becoming. And if you are saved 10, 15, 20, 30 years, I don't need your Nielsen rating on our church services. What I need is your participation to be a teacher. And if you're an older mom or grandmother, there's lots of younger moms here in the church that need your help. If you're an older dad, grandfather, business person, there's a lot of guys in the church that need your help to follow Jesus over the long term. They don't need you to go up to them after church and say, well, I don't know what Pastor Brent said today. And I'm just not sure if I agree with it. And I've been saved 35 years. And you know, I saw so-and-so on, on YouTube this week and he disagreed with what Pastor Brent said. That's not maturity, friends. It's just not, it's, it's not maturity. What do we need to be? We need to be teachers. See yourself as a contributor to the family of God. You need someone to teach you again, the basic principles of your, listen, some of you don't need another sermon for the rest of your life. I promise you. But you know what would be great? You came to church and say, who can I help today? 
the thing that Pastor Brent preaching today, I've heard it three times already. In fact, that story, I've heard it five times. Great. I would love for you to come and help somebody. Maybe somebody who's brand new to church. Maybe somebody who's far from God that you could actually go meet them in the lobby and make them feel welcomed. Because this is the move to maturity for us. For everyone who lives on milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness since he is a child. But listen, but solid food is for the mature. For For those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. Constant practice. In other words, you're doing it. You're not just consuming it. You are doing the word of God. The mature do the word of God. And in fact, the mature don't necessarily need this sermon today because you have gone to the word this week for yourselves and you are filled up to show up to be a blessing. Amen, I can talk for another hour about that. Second Corinthians chapter eight, verse 18, and we all with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord who is the spirit that we would change and we would grow, that we would not stay the same. And what, where would our growth lead us? It's gonna lead us to this place that we're gonna walk together in love. We're gonna build each other up in love. And I, if I've been around for a while, I can be a teacher for somebody else. I can help somebody else. I can serve somebody else. This is the end result of your discipleship. It is the purpose of your discipleship. And if you're here today and you feel like, you know what, I'm just getting going, Pastor Brent, don't worry about it. There's lots of other people, lots of older people, older in the faith that are here, that are here to help you. You don't have to jump into that moment if you feel like you're not ready. Finally, this, Psalm one, verse one. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, because we don't want the counsel of the wicked to form us, right? To change us. There stands in the way of sinners because I don't want the way of sinners to form me. Nor sits in the seat of scoffers. I don't want the way of the scoffers to form me. I want Jesus to form me. And I want to be conformed to his image. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law, he meditates day and night. He's like a tree planted by the streams of water that yields fruit in its season and its leaf does not wither and all that he does, he prospers. So as your pastor, this is what I want for you this fall, that you would learn to meditate and think on the ways of God, that you would be conformed to the image and you would be formed by the word of God, not just the ways of sinners and the seed of scoffers, because when we meditate and we think about the word of God and the ways of God, he changes us and he moves us from this moment to the image of Christ. This lifelong journey that God has called us on, this journey of discipleship. 
See, the fulfilled life is a life of growth, change, moving to the image of Christ. Let's just pray this morning. God, we thank you for your word today. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your love. We thank you, Lord, that you are helping us this fall, this season, this time to move to your image. God, we thank you that you have predestined us for this moment, that you have called us to be your disciples. God, we pray that you help us this fall to reach people that are far from you. God, we pray this fall that you grow us up in your ways and in your thoughts and in your kingdom and in your family. God, we pray that you use us to be a blessing this fall. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Hey, if you are here this morning and you have never said yes to Jesus, we talked about a moment where we say yes to Jesus over here by the stairs. And if today is your moment, which I believe it is, if you have never said yes to Jesus, or if you're here this morning and you feel like you used to be close to God, but something happened in your life and you kind of feel like you're not close to God anymore, you know that God is not mad at you. God invites you close to himself again. The good news is all about Jesus, that what Jesus did on the cross provided righteousness for us, right standing with God. And all we have to do is say yes to him today. So I'm gonna lead you in a prayer today and the church is gonna help you by praying this out loud with you. But if you've never said yes to Jesus or you're rededicating your life to Christ today, you pray this out loud. Church, let's pray this out loud together. God, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you that he lived a sinless life and he died on the cross and you raised him from the dead so I could know you. So I say yes to your righteousness today. I say yes to a relationship with you. God, I call you my father. Jesus, I call you my Lord. God, I purpose to follow after your ways and I turn from my own. I thank you for salvation today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Hey, if that's you this morning, we wanna congratulate you. We are so excited that you made that choice, that decision. We actually have some materials that we would love to put into your hand. If you just head out to the info desk in the lobby and let our team know that you said yes to Jesus today, they have some materials that they would love to put into your hand free of charge. Um, and also if you are uh, made that choice today and you're watching us online and if you email us at info at thecitychurch.ca, we will be happy to get those same materials into your hand. But we invite you to be part of our church. We're here 9 and 11 every Sunday, moving closer to Jesus. And uh, uh, as we finish today, just a couple other reminders. Uh, City School is gonna be starting uh, Wednesday, October 5th. So if you wanna register for City School, you can do that on our website under the events tab. And that's gonna be a great time this fall. Um, city team, we've been talking about our city team. If you're looking for an opportunity to serve here in the family, serve in the city, we would love for you to be part of our city team. You can head out to the lobby and let them know that. At the info desk, young adults, after the second service. So if you are between the ages of 18 and 35 and you would love to be part of our young adult group, which is meeting after second service, go ahead and take a break somewhere at Tim's, go get a coffee, but come back after the second service. We should be ending around 12.15 or so, but don't eat because we have food to feed you. That'll be a great time after second service. 
And then uh, one other thing, really important thing, hey, if you are new to the City Church, we wanna give you a special welcome this morning. There is a card in the seat pocket in front of you. It says connect on it. Take a few seconds, fill out that connect card, turn it also in at the info desk in the lobby. We have some materials to put into your hand to let you know about the church. And then finally, today, as we are celebrating my parents' 60th anniversary, I think we have some chocolates to give you, romantic chocolates. And I think they might be Hershey's Kisses because my parents still kiss, which is kind of gross. If they were your parents, you'd think the same thing. But we are celebrating their love uh, today. So there is a table out there um, with a little gift for you as you head out today. Let's all stand up together as we are dismissed. Thank you for coming to church today. We will see you next Sunday for Jesus, the Disciple Maker, part two. You are dismissed.